and welcome to Romancing the Amazon. I'm Melody. I'm Zoe. And I'm Elizabeth. Each week we pick a romance novel that's being offered for free in the Kindle store on Amazon. We read it and review it, but this time we've got another grab bag episode. We've wrapped up our series on sports romances and to tie it all with a pretty little bow, we've each picked a different romance novel that we've read and we're going to take three minutes to describe our books and we're going to pick whose book sounds the most entertaining or the one we'd like to read the most and that person shall be declared the winner of the sports grab bag episode and they will win a copy of Be a Good Sport, Charlie Brown. Complete with bonus baseball facts. I am so excited about this. Good, good, good. Yeah, so if you like our heroine in Love Bats Last, if you don't know about baseball, (laughs) read this book. (laughs) A baseball is a small round ball with stitching. You can't play baseball without a baseball. (laughs) High stakes, high stakes, y'all. Well, I guess since I won the last grab bag episode, I will start with my book. Got three minutes on the clock. This week, I read The Perfect Match, the prequel to the Ringside Romance series by Pat White. Ready, set, go. Juliana Wright has dedicated her whole life to ballet and trying to earn her parents' approval, but a hip injury has ended her career and she refuses to take money from her impossible-to-please parents. As a last-ditch attempt at independence, she takes a job with Wrestling Heroes and Kings, a.k.a. Whack, to bring class and culture to the world of professional wrestling as the Dynamic Dancing Delilah, or Triple D for short. The smelly wrestling fans do not approve, and during her first performance, Juliana is booed and taken out by a flying soda cup. She collapses in the ring and a moment later is scooped up and taken backstage stage to safety by Marco the Magnificent, the hard-hitting playboy star of the squared circle. (laughs) When Marco, formerly Matthew the nerd who has silently adored Juliana since he tutored her in high school, told his aunt there was a job for Juliana at WAC, he thought she'd be working in the costume department or HR, not performing in the ring. All he wants to do is protect her, but when he instantly rejects the hastily written seduction scene they're supposed to perform together, Juliana accuses him of trying to dictate her actions just like everyone else in her life. They work out a better script together, and through rehearsals and shows, they get to... They get... Through rehearsals and shows, they each get super confused about whether their chemistry is real or just for show. One night after a taping, Juliana's mom shows up and does the whole, I'm so disappointed in you, you're throwing your life away, come and live with me and fix it routine. And with Marco's support, (laughs) Juliana finally stands up to her. They go back to Marco's hotel room for some cathartic pillow punching that turns into some cathartic lovemaking. And for the next next few days, their relationship is dreamy and wonderful. Then their storyline gets changed and Juliana is caught in the middle of a cage match. But no one tells Marco, so he's too late to keep her from getting involved. She takes a rough fall and gets a concussion and Marco blames himself and decides the best way to protect her is 
not to talk to her about any of it <laughs> and instead just start an in-ring relationship with Ravenous Ruby instead of fragile, naive dancing Delilah. What? Juliana runs away, Jack tells Marco how stupid he is, and Marco mopes for a few weeks until Raven- Ravenous Ruby tells him to apologize and explain himself to Juliana. He finds her, explains himself, never says the words I'm sorry, and declares his love for her. She says she needs some time. A couple weeks later, Juliana shows up before one of Marco's shows to tell him she loves him, but he needs to be tough and let her make her own mistakes and try and fail and all that. He says, I'm tough, I'm tough, and they can and live happily ever after the end. Wowzer. All right. Shoo-wee. 47 seconds left. I'll well take done. It. <laughs> so there's a lot to unpack there. Uh-huh. That was <laughs> all crammed into a novella? Yep. Wow. First yep. of all, I love that whack is yep. what everything is called. <laughs> well, it definitely sounds like the wrestling played into the storyline quite a bit. Partially. Mm-hmm. So Juliana didn't actually wrestle. I was going to ask, what was she performing? Ballet. In the ring. As an opener for an unannounced match. Huh. Mm-hmm. We get bits and pieces of wrestling matches, mostly the ends of matches, and there are no technical names for any of the moves, and it's mostly showy stuff like getting hit by a two-by-four in a cage mm-hmm. match where a giant steel cage is lowered down over the ring. So mm-hmm. gimmick matches instead of actual technical wrestling, which is kind of the really cool, impressive part of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think of the main characters? Um. So one of the superlatives I would give this book is least impressive independent heroine. (laughs) (laughs) That's a ringing endorsement right there. Ringing endorsement. So she's grown up her whole life just completely dedicated to ballet and like trying to earn her parents' approval through her ballet performances. And so her whole life has been all about ballet. And of course, she gets injured and can't do ballet anymore. So she doesn't know who she is or what she likes to do. And apparently, it really bothered me. She said she was a failed lingerie salesperson, dog poop picker-upper, dog walker. And I was like, yeah. How How do you you fail fail at any of those? So instead, she gets a job with a wrestling company (laughs) and apparently just instantly really likes it, but not wrestling. (laughs) And I'm very confused. If she can still dance dance enough Mm -hmm. to perform in a wrestling ring, why doesn't she teach dance Mm -hmm. or start a company somewhere Mm -hmm. or any of the million things? So anyway, she gets this job (laughs) and then she collapses in the ring and gives this pitiful whimper and closes her eyes and everything and Marco has to save her and she I guess you do see her kind of <laughs> learning how to live on her own and by the end I mean Marco goes to get her and she's like no I need to stand on my own two feet and she lasts two weeks and she decides that she does want Marco in her life but again she sits him down and talks to him and says you have to let me live my life and he's like okay I can do that <laughs> eh. so anyway she's not very impressive but she's nice enough I guess <laughs> Marco you want to like him because he sounds adorable, but he tries to like run her life. I mean, he tries to protect her by not letting her do anything. Mm-hmm. Mm. So at first, it's kind of nice that he shows up and like scoops her up and wants to look out for her, and then he just becomes overbearing. And <laughs> okay, well, how was the sex? We get exactly one sex scene, and it was pretty good. But then it just ends, and at one point, the dialogue was. Ah, she cried. (laughs) (laughs) What 
did you read, Zoe? I read All I Want, San Francisco Strikers, book five by Stephanie Kay. Are you ready? Ready. Three, two, one, go. Alex Westbrook goes into his charity's box before puck drop and discovers that his first love is now a doctor at the children's hospital and has come with her patients, Westie's Warriors, to the game. He's stunned and can't concentrate on the game, though he does manage an impressive goal despite his distraction. Dr. Maggie Tarazza has been in town for a few months and intentionally avoiding Alex because, though she never stopped loving him, she is the one who broke it off four years ago, citing long-distance issues and needing to focus on her medical studies. <clears throat> but her new friend Callie sees the hearts in Maggie's eyes and drags her to a bar. <laughs> it is, of course, the unofficial hangout of the Strikers, Alex's hockey team, and before long, Maggie and Alex are tucked away in a corner, catching up and flirting like no time has passed. Then Alex's date shows up and Maggie flees, <clears throat> feeling jealous. Madison is a... M- is more of a friend than a lover to Alex, however, and they part ways amicably. Christmas is approaching, so Alex and his teammates dress up as Santa elves and reindeer to bring presents to all the kids on the ecology ward. Alex is determined to rekindle their love and finally gets Maggie alone in a room where they admit they missed each other and have a hot and heavy makeout session. <laughs> a teammate interrupts, and they agree to give it another go later. The only problem is that later can't be pinned down. Their schedules conflict at every turn, and though they manage a real date, picking out and decorating a Christmas tree for Maggie, and an intense night of lovemaking, there are also many disappointments. Maggie never shows at a home game she'd promised to attend, and while Alex understands that her work is never-ending and exhausting, he is still upset. He lets slip that he loves her, and Maggie freaks out. (laughs) They argue practically the same arguments they had four years ago, and Alex accuses Maggie of being afraid and unwilling to even try. Maggie asks for time, and Alex leaves. A few days later, Maggie hasn't heard anything from Alex and can't stand it, despite being the one who asked for time. (laughs) She realizes she loves him too much to let her fears of what may happen in the future stop her from being in a relationship with him. She dresses up, goes to his apartment with a sprig of mistletoe, and tells him so. He's relieved and happy, she's relieved and happy, they make out on his sofa for a bit before having to re-zip and head off to the team Christmas party. (laughs) The end. The end? Yes. Well, you had almost a minute left. Wow. (laughs) This, too, was a novella. Was this a Christmas book? It was. Oh, surprise Christmas book. Yes. Surprise! (laughs) (laughs) And no sex. No, they did have one sex scene. Yeah. Oh. It was was in a long sentence. An intense (laughs) night of lovemaking. Oh, I totally missed that. Whoops. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So what do you think of the main characters? I liked them both. I did I did get a little annoyed that they were having the same arguments, mm-hmm. or rather that Maggie hadn't overcome those fears in the four years since those arguments had happened, even yeah. though they decided to try again. And so a little frustrated with Maggie at that point. But otherwise, they were both great. Oh, good. Yeah. Favorite scene from the book? Hmm. Uh, well, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> It might be at the hospital when his team is there and they're all dressed up to to treat the kids and give them presents. And Maggie definitely has hearts in her eyes (laughs) when she looks at Alex. Yeah, because the interactions with the kids are great. And because they both have hearts in their eyes, actually, (laughs) looking at each other. It It was very sweet. That's the superlative that I would get. It's sweetest but not sappiest. Which I found... Yeah. That's an important distinction. Nice. It is. Mm-hmm. Sweet but not sappy. Nice. Mm-hmm. A nice second chance romance. I like those when they're done well. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you definitely felt the chemistry. You're like, oh yeah, these guys loved each other well before this. Why did they ever break up? Oh. For for reasons. For stupid mm-hmm. reasons. Well, understandable reasons, but they could have made it work. Right. Because they loved each other so much. How much sports was in it? A couple of games and... Um, Definitely the team was a big part of getting Alex places or (laughs) getting them together uh, because, for example, at the bar, it's Alex's teammate Jake approaching Maggie that really prompts Alex to be like, no, 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 no. (laughs) She's taken. (laughs) And actually go talk to her instead of being like, why didn't she come find me when she moved here? She's been here for months and I haven't seen her. She was avoiding me. Does that mean I need to avoid her? (laughs) Kind of thing. Uh All understandable thoughts. Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely a sports romance. Definitely a Christmas one. So, you know, if you need Christmas in July, this is a good one. If you need Christmas at Christmas, it's a good one. (laughs) All right, Elizabeth, what did you read? This month, I read An Unplanned Christmas by Lizzie Shane. Are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) Go. When the story opens, we learn that event planner Rachel has trust issues regarding men because she's not going to be like her mother, who stayed as a mistress to Rachel's deadbeat athlete father. (laughs) In spite of all that baggage, she's managed to fall in love with Cam, who's a pro baseball player. They have three and a half weeks of bliss together before she finds out he's already married. She freaks out, texts him to break up, and ghosts out of his life, never telling him that she's pregnant. Fast forward two years, and who happens to be working with the huge fundraiser they're planning but Cam himself? Rachel can't risk turning down a job this big, so she agrees to do it. We learn from Cam that in the past, he and his ex-wife had a very amicable divorce after deciding they were better off as friends, but she kept playing his wife in public, and they stayed married on paper so she could stay on his health insurance while undergoing cancer treatment. Oh, my goodness. Cam is still hung up over Rachel, but didn't know why she broke up with him seemingly out of the blue. So he realizes when he keeps getting distracted by her that the lack of closure is driving him nuts. When he confronts her, they hash out what happened, and he tries to explain that they had already been separated for over a year when he met Rachel, and he was waiting for the right moment to tell her, but she's still mad that he lied. Cam's family gives him a hard time about not finding someone to settle down with, and frankly, they're kind of obnoxious about it. (laughs) He's frustrated because everyone buys his illusion that his life is perfect, but really, he's kind of unhappy. Rachel is writhing in guilt and decides she needs to tell Cam about Sophia, the baby. Cam is super happy about the kid, but angry she didn't tell him before. (laughs) She introduces him to Sophie, and he instantly loves the kid. Cam comes over to help decorate the tree and is perfect with Sophie, which makes Rachel feel guilty since he's clearly not the villain she'd built up in her head. She also feels a little jealous that he's getting the hang of the parent thing so much faster than she did. Rachel and Sophie come over to meet Cam's family and introductions go well, but Cam manages to imply that she's a perfectionist and is going to teach that to Sophie. Honestly, he's not entirely wrong about that. (laughs) And she leaves upset. But she has a heartfelt talk with her mom and realizes she needs to loosen up a little. Meanwhile, Cam has a heartfelt talk with his sister and realizes he needs to work on his communication skills. (laughs) Heartfelt talks all around. Cam and Rachel talk it out and decide they're going to try and trust each other. They go Christmas shopping for Sophie together and start to connect. They have a wonderful night wrapping presents and kiss under the mistletoe. The day before the fundraiser, they go on a real date and go back to his place for sexy times and Cam tells her that he still loves her. At the fundraiser, things are going well when Cam runs into his ex. He tells her all about Rachel, and she offers to bid on him at the auction and give the date to Rachel instead. 
Rachel starts to freak out when she watches the bidding, <laughs> thinking they might still have feelings for each other. Oh she flips out and tells him she can't do this. <laughs> Rachel's mom talks to her about not being controlled by her fears, and Cam's sister drops advice on him, too. <laughs> Rachel goes to find Cam. They apologize to each other. Five years later, Cam's retired from baseball and is a stay-at-home dad to all their kids, and Rachel is still thriving as an event planner. We see them spend a wonderful Christmas with their family. The end. <laughs> Six seconds left. Well, wow. Sir. A lot happened. A lot did happen. So this the, was not a novella. <laughs> so the first time they were together, it was only for like a month? Yeah. It was like only a month. He was still technically married, even though the relationship was over, but uh-huh. he didn't tell her. And so that's why she ghosts him. Right. Uh-huh. But she manages to get pregnant. Yes. Far from impossible. Yes. Just a little bit unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> they were not careful. <laughs> Apparently not. And as the title says, it was unplanned. Uh-huh. So you both did Christmas books. Yes. Uh-huh. And this one, it was a sports book. Mm-hmm. Now, he's a baseball player, and it takes place during the off season. So we don't okay. see him practice. We don't see him in a game. Mm-hmm. But his career, like, I didn't mention any of that in the summary, but it is a big part of his character arc. He's got this whole thing about he's got this illusion that his life is perfect and he tries to make everything seem effortless Uh because he has this weird thing about if like if he lets people know how hard he's trying for something he's gonna lose it I don't know it's it's kind of odd but his career really ties into that too and he's kind of worried he's gonna lose everything there so the baseball does play in and there are a lot of cheesy baseball metaphors that are scattered (laughs) throughout the entire thing so I would say it is a sports romance but it's more it leans heavier on the holiday romance side okay. of things. Okay. Did you give it superlatives? I did. I said uh, it wins the protagonist receive the most advice from family award. <laughs> <laughs> it did sound like there was because a lot of advice giving. There was a lot of advice giving. <laughs> it was a little frustrating. They kind of kept repeating the same problems with mm-hmm. trusting one another. Kind of the whole book, they have to both learn to come to grips with the hurt that the other person caused them Uh and learn to trust them again. But we sort of repeat it over and over Uh to the point where I was like, okay, we could have resolved that last time, but like you haven't moved forward and (laughs) kept going. Um, So that was a little bit frustrating. I don't remember things about sex scenes. Were there sex scenes? Uh, There was a fade to black sex scene. There was some making out. There was a lot of, they're about to kiss and they get interrupted. Uh Or, they're about to kiss and I can't do this. (laughs) (laughs) But they do get together and have sex in a fade to black scene right before kind of the big fundraiser event. And he tells her he loves her, which is the previous time when they were together for three and a half weeks. Uh He told her he loved her that morning. And then she finds out he's married later in the day and breaks up with him over text and he doesn't know why. So he thinks it's the, I told her, Mm. I loved her and she ditched me. Uh And so he has kind of a complex about that. Uh, Yeah, I should think so. So of course, when she flips out at the fundraiser, he's like, no, I just told her I loved her. It's (laughs) happening again. (laughs) And was the kid done well? Sort of. I mean, Mm. she was cute, but she didn't feel like a real character. She felt like a plot device. Yeah, that's Um, frustrating. But they did do a good job of showing Rachel as a mom and how kind of a lot of the things in her life are about the kid. And that's why she is the way she is. Because she's trying to make a better life for her daughter than she had. Mm -hmm. And Cam is really adorable with the kid, which Mm -hmm. makes you like him a lot. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, But Sophie herself didn't have much personality. She She was like two. Oh. You know, they don't have much at that age, but... Well, they can have plenty of personality, just maybe not many words. Yeah. True. <laughs> they make a lot of noise. <laughs> <laughs> 
My favorite thing was probably the battle of the Christmas tree. So she's, Rachel is very much like a control freak, a perfectionist. Everything has to be just right, uh-huh. including her Christmas tree, where every ornament has its exact place on oh the tree and like evenly spaced. And whenever he comes over to her house, he starts moving ornaments around. <laughs> and she'll come back later and be like, wait a second, the tree is off. And it becomes like this ongoing joke between them that's really uh-huh. cute. supposed to decide i don't know i mean i think i know who you guys will vote for <laughs> <laughs> so now well, i have to decide who wins <laughs> i'm going to state that i vote for zoe's uh-huh. book oh thank you thank you i think that one sounded fun mm-hmm. yeah if you had given higher reviews to yours d i probably would have chosen the ballerina but i yes. think i will go with Oh, as much as I hate to say it, baseball. <laughs> ballerinas and wrestlers sounds like a great combo. Like, everything no, about that be. summary should have been really fun, yeah. but you clearly were not enthusiastic. I do think if it was a full-length novel, mm. we could have gotten better character development and more than just the conflict, pretty mm-hmm. much. <laughs> And the rest of the books in that series are full-length novels, so I would possibly read more, at least one more, give it a try. Mm-hmm. But I understand that you guys vote for each other. So now <laughs> I am the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. You have to I decide. I have to decide who wins be a good sport Charlie Brown. <laughs> I think I know what I would do in your position. <laughs> if you aren't interested in either, which one's shorter? <laughs> That might be my judging criteria. <laughs> that would be mine. <laughs> Zoe wins! Oh, yay! <laughs> Congratulations, Zoe! Here's your copy of oh. Be a Good Sport, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. Uh-huh. And as this is oh, your Grab Web Gwyn, you will also be responsible for picking the prize for our next theme. All right. The next theme is going to be romantic comedy. All right. Which we've done before in season one, yes. and we're excited to come back. Yep. But first, let's do a wrap up. What did you guys think of sports? I enjoyed sports so much more than I expected to. Yeah. It's the complete opposite of Highlander mm-hmm. month. I thought Highlander month was going to be great. It was not. And then I expected to just like make it through our sports series. <laughs> really? But I felt like every book we read was mostly great. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I felt in terms all. of overall enjoyment, this might have been our strongest month, which yeah, I was I not so. expecting not from Sports no, Month. a little bit. I was expecting that to be maybe Paranormal, mm-hmm. or definitely Highlander, yeah. and then... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as we said in the intro episode, it's not usually one of my favorites, yeah. but it ended up being a pretty strong contender this time around. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was surprised that it was difficult to find non-hockey romance <laughs> novels. That did not surprise me. Yeah. I've seen enough hockey ones to know that that's kind of the... The go-to sport. I think that's the, the most popular sport that's right so now. funny. Yeah, I wonder what kind of phases it goes through. Well, football was really big for a while, I yeah. want to say. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, all the subgenres go through their phases. You yeah. know, like when you're looking at paranormal, it's vampires of the rage or mm. werewolves or whatever. True. So now right it's now, bear shifters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so right now in sports, it's hockey. Yeah, which I don't mind. I like hockey mm. romances, even though I've only seen like one hockey game all the way through my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I find hockey games too fast paced to follow live because I've only sat far away from them. Mm. But I like the play by play typically in the books, of course, Mm -hmm. if it's done well, but Mm -hmm. you can kind of get into it and understand why people enjoy it. Mm hmm. Do we want to talk about some tropes we saw? Yeah. I think we saw a lot of the big ones that we talked about yeah. that, you know, show up frequently in these. Yeah. yeah. Did we see enemies to lovers? Kind of. We Not had one heroine really. who is super suspicious of the hero for a while, although uh-huh. that isn't strictly enemies to lovers. And then we had the billionaire romance mm-hmm. where she it was kind of forbidden love. Because mm-hmm. here's the trope. She was his brother's best friend. Uh-huh. Yes, we did have uh-huh. brother's best friend, which is huge in sports. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we had uh, second chance romance, specifically in our grab bags. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had the female athlete, which was mm-hmm. a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Yes. That was nice. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what other tropes... I mean, we didn't have any of the marriage tropes because we didn't, but we didn't expect those. We did right. not expect marriage tropes. We don't usually see those in sports as much. Mm-hmm. There there were one or two tropes that are popular within sports romance that we deliberately avoided. We did not want a reporter heroine. Yes. That's right. Uh-huh. And so we kind of avoided those, but we saw lots of them when we were picking our books out. Yes. So it's yep. definitely a strong trope. Mm-hmm. Not so much hurt comfort, which I've seen in sports romance because being athletic, you can mm-hmm. get injured. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We definitely saw conflict between balancing your career in whatever the sport oh, is yeah. and your mm-hmm. relationship and how do you value them in comparison to each other. Yep. Yeah. That was in a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yes. We saw championships on the line. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did we have a lot of sports love metaphors? Oh my gosh. Oh yes. <laughs> we had some cheesy sports metaphors in there. We did. I feel like the hockey was the worst culprit or was it the baseball i thought it was baseball but i can't remember (laughs) (laughs) i can't remember either no i'm thinking of our western romances where we got just horrible (laughs) cheesy metaphors about riding oh yes yeah i mean that was worse (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah it was hockey because they made all those jokes about in the crease and stuff. They did? Yep. I don't remember them. Had to protect her crease. <laughs> I, I guess that's a hockey term. It is. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right, you guys. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, and share it with your friends. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. (laughs) Join us next week. We're going to be starting a new subgenre, romantic comedy, one of our most favorites. Yes, we did this last season, but we didn't really talk about the genre since it was, we did it kind of right off the bat. So join us in the intro episode to hear what we think about it, the genre as a whole. Yeah, some Mm -hmm. of our favorite authors, our Mm -hmm. favorite tropes, what we've love and hate about romantic comedy romances. (laughs) Should we just call them rom-coms? (laughs) Rom-coms. Anyway, we'll let you know what our first pick is at the end of the next episode so you can read along and join us for our discussion in two weeks. Catch you next time.